same twirling my invisible mustache. We all go mad here once in a while. <laughs> I mean, honestly, did I think that this go-home episode of NXT lived up to last week's? Uh, in some ways, maybe. In others, not so much. I feel like this set up Vengeance Day for what needed to be set up as well as looking beyond Vengeance Day as well. Funny thing is, is I think this one should have came last week and last week should have been this week. <laughs> I mean, you're not necessarily you know, wrong. I mean, this wasn't a bad episode. It wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad go home show. It's just literally last week felt like the go home show. And it was. But you know, I mean, you know, it was it was a pretty good episode. It wasn't bad by any means. No, I I enjoyed myself mm-hmm. this week. So let's just get into our introductions. Hello, Internet Land, and welcome to another rendition of Los Chicos Gordos. Your weekly WWE NXT review team. I am your host, Mikey. Joined with me, as always, is my better half, my other half. I can't do this without him. We're both really <laughs> exhausted from everything that is going on with NXT right now. Will, we're going to get through this, I promise. Oh, yeah, we will. <laughs> and before we jump into the review, I have a quick announcement to make. So we're going to be going through a rebrand here on the weekly NXT review shows. Um, I'm trying to think, do we tell the kids what to expect or do we wait? That's a good question. I'm just like, huh. I think we should tell them, but don't tell them the details. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to be going through a rebrand a little bit. Um, we're currently renting out the space on the internet. And uh, we got word that we need to increase our uh, space a little bit because uh, our little NXT family is going to be growing very soon. Literally yes. next week. It's going to be great. Yes, this week. duo will become a trio very soon. And I am super excited. It is going to be a trio. But you might be wondering, who is going to be your third? You're going to have to tune in next week to find out. Yep. Just like an episode of Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I love it. So we are going to be going through a rebrand. We are going to be adding a third co-host starting next week. And as a hint, you've already seen their beautiful faces on some other shows here at the Biconics Wrestling Podcast. That doesn't totally narrow it down because that means that there are seven other gentlemen here besides me and Will. Yep. But let the guessing games begin. But something that was not a guessing game was the first match that we got. This was our final semifinals match of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. This saw LWO take on Trick Williams and Carmelo Hayes. And I really enjoyed this match. I was like, I did too. I was like, ugh, this was so good. The only thing about this match is it got spoiled for me. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Yeah, I was like, so some details about this. I sent Will and our third co-host like the final card for NXT Vengeance Day. (laughs) And as soon as I sent it, it wasn't until 10 minutes later when it hit me. I'm like, oh, crap. Will hasn't watched the episode. I haven't watched it yet. Oops. <laughs> so I apologize for spoiling it. But at the same time, I'm like, were we surprised, though? No. But, and the lucky thing is, is it, this is the only one that I saw 
before I like I closed the message because I was like, oh, what's this? And I enlarged it and it's it was the very first one. And I was like, oh, nope. <laughs> I was like, nope. So I, I didn't see any of the others. So which is great. But I did see this one. But that's okay. It was still a great match, though. It was super good. I didn't care that I knew who was going to win. I kept me. I already kind of knew who was going to win. We knew that Carmelo right. and Trick were going to go to the Vengeance Day. We knew it. We knew that. So, but it was fun to watch them uh, fight LWO, though. Who are fun. were amazing in this match too. <laughs> they are so cute. I mean, <laughs> I'm mean. just saying, LWO is cute. Yes. I totally agree. It just makes me sad because like they they just hit different in NXT and I'm like, why can't I get this on SmackDown? I was like, <laughs> why can't they wrestle like this on SmackDown? I don't understand. It makes me sad. Yeah. But the funny the fun thing about this match though is, is that it was a tag team match. But towards the last five minutes, from a storytelling perspective, Carmelo got knocked out of the match and trick kind of had a, it basically became a two on one. Yeah, it did. Which I think trick was pulled out the victory for his team. Super intentional, you know, like from, from the producer side of this, not, not the thing, but I was like, okay, because I mean, we have, I mean, we've been, we've been spotlighting trick for weeks now. I mean, truly everything he does, they kind of put him in the front you know, that sort of thing. And so I was like, oh, okay, this is great. Of course, you know, this whole match was great. I, I really did like it. I thought that uh, Trick and Carmelo worked well together. You know, of course, uh, of course, LWO works well together. And so I thought they were pretty evenly matched. You know, I didn't feel like, even though I knew what the outcome was going to be, because you just knew, I didn't feel like, I didn't feel like it was a waste of my time, you know, like, cause when you know the ending, it's like, do I, should I even watch it? Why, why even watch it? But no, it was, I watched it. It was great. It was great. Great. Match. I love watching LWO, man. They're, they're just all over the place and they're just high flying and just aggressive and awesome. I just love them. I, I think they're, they're great. Oh, Absolutely. And the funny thing is, is so Trick and Carmelo pick up the victory here. And then <laughs> as they clear the ring, Obafemi comes out and starts destroying Joaquin Wilde and Cruz del Toro, which then prompts Dragon Lee to come out and then get his butt whooped to in the middle of the ring. You know, I don't know how I feel about this Obafemi thing. I mean, honestly, I don't, I mean, they are, they're making him out to be a true, like, bad dude. Like, like someone needs to take him out, bad dude, type of thing. You know, like vigilantes are going to show up and like, take him out. I mean, it's like, like a Batman villain. <laughs> it's like, truly, I'm just like, and I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know yet. I, I don't know. Right. Because I like Obafemi. I think Obafemi is a great wrestler and he's a powerhouse. And, right. You know, he can take out, he's a huge dude. I mean, huge, huge man. And I just don't know. I don't know how I feel about it yet. I mean, I, I mean, do you? I mean, are you? I mean, you tell me. I, I don't know. I don't know how to feel about it yet. 
I agree with you in the sense that I think Oba Femi being a very powerhouse wrestler, I think suits him very well. Mm -hmm. And his character is very interesting to tell as well. Uh, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I kind of still feel the same way. I think they're just they're pushing Oba Femi because I feel that he's they see him as being ready to be in this position. But I also think this is a temporary thing until we either crown a new champion or they're going to give Obafemi the push where he pretty much trails through the roster. Because we talked about this a couple weeks ago, and we both kind of agreed. I feel that this is the spot that Wesley was supposed to be in, but because he's out on injury for almost right. eight months to a year, right. You got to figure something gotta else out to do. Yeah, I get it. I do. I mean, and I get I, it. Yeah, and I don't want to say transitional champion, but uh, honestly, uh, as much as I like Obafemi, he, in a sense, in the best way possible, he is a transition champion until we figure out what else we're going to do with yeah, the NXT North American picture. And what I'm hoping is that NXT doesn't do what main roster tends to do about the whole time is that while we try to figure out who's going to be the next staple for the NXT North American Championship. I'm hoping that Obafemi doesn't run through the entire men's division and then there's no real challengers left. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm like. That's why I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about what they're doing with him. I don't, because that's what it feels like. It feels like uh, we're just going to put you up against everybody. You can whoop everybody's butt. And yeah. And then it's like, well, okay, but then what? You know, it's like, can we, can we not give him an actual storyline? Because right now I don't feel like he has a storyline. I th I literally think it's just okay. We want you to be a big powerhouse. You know, we're going to give you the championship, and we're just going to let you kind of literally just sort of siphon through everybody. You know, it's just like they're going to go up against you. No one's going to defeat you until we figure out what to do with it. And that that is how it feels. It doesn't. I don't feel that he has because I don't feel because here's the thing. And and I was thinking about it. They didn't give him a transition from when he was coming in to the, uh, through the knockouts and all that, we didn't get a transition. He was, cause in the knockouts, he was like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here to do my thing. But he wasn't like, then all of a sudden he was like switch turned over and he was suddenly this like, like dictator is all I can say. I mean, it's what it feels like. Like I am now in control. Like he's got a God complex. And I'm like, where did that come from? Because his when he was competing with every, against everyone else, he wasn't like that. So I don't I don't know. I, I, I thought it came out of nowhere. I mean, and I think if that's what they're doing, he was the right choice. But I'm just like, I really want him to have a storyline because he's going. You know, we get to that point, like I was with Baron Corbin and Braun Breaker. It's like if this is who all he is, then I don't care about him. You know, it's like if if there's no challenge to him, like like and I always use the, I always use the example of Superman, Superman, when he first hit the scene, he did not have any weaknesses. And then they realize that you can't have someone like that without a weakness, because then they're like basically a god and they can do whatever they want. So it's starting to feel like that, like Obafemi is like Superman in that respect. The fact that nothing can touch him. And it's starting to get a little more bothersome, not worrisome, bothersome for me. I'm just like, don't do this to him. 
he's a good wrestler. I mean, he's, you know, I'm pretty sure he's a pretty good guy, but I mean, the, I hate when they do things like this and this is not just NXT. This is everybody, anybody who does this sort of, Oh, uh, we don't know what to do with it. So let's just do this. And I'm just like, well, at least put him in a story arc, you know, give him something. I mean, it's like, don't just cycle him through everybody. And then when you get to the end, go, oh God, now what do we do? You know, because I'm just like, give the guy a story, give him a story, and then I'll latch onto it. I will jump on board with that so fast if he has a legitimate like storyline. But right now he doesn't have one and they didn't give him anything. And I, and I'm, you know, I just hate that. You know, it's funny. I was talking with one of my students today and we were talking about NXT, the, this, this particular episode that I had not watched yet, <laughs> but he was telling me his thoughts on it. He did ask me, he goes, have you, have you watched it yet? And I'm like, no, I haven't watched it yet, but you can go ahead and talk about it if you want to. It won't bother me. Um, and so we were talking about it and we talked about Obafemi and he was just like, he's like, I don't, I don't really get that guy. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, well, I mean, he's a really, he's really cool and I like him, but I don't, I don't get him. Like, what's he, what's he there for? Like, is this it? I mean, is this all he's there for? He's like, you know, we say a lot, we see, we see tons of that in like main roster, you know, it's like, what are you doing? And I told him, I was like, well, it's probably because they don't know what to do with him yet. You know, it's like, they don't have, they don't know what to do with him. Um, I mean, I didn't talk about him being a placeholder champion, but that makes total sense to me, you know, sort of, well, we need somebody to hold on to it until we figure out what to do with it. So give it to Hobafemi. Yeah, he can defend it. And then we'll just throw everybody we have at him until there's no one left and we're forced to do something with him is basically what it feels like. So, but anyway, I, I, it's just, I'm just confused by it. I mean, that's really it. I mean, he came in and, was like stomping on people and they were like, you know, LWO was holding their own as best they could. And then Dragon Lee came in and they held on as best they could. And then he just obliterated them. And I was just like, I don't understand what's happening. I mean, why did he come in there? What was his beef with them? Was, did I, I miss mean, something? I don't think necessarily. I don't think they did a good job of telling it, but I know because Obafemi's going to be facing Dragon Lee, I guess, to kind of play mind games. But again, we've really only been building this few towards this match at Vengeance Day for like a week yeah. and a half, maybe, which has been like two weeks at best. And I don't think, I think this is the weakest story going into Vengeance oh, Day. Oh, yeah, sure. very much so. And so they're just doing what they can to kind yeah, of like I, I agree. give it to it. But I was like, all right, well, yeah, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. So we'll see what happens. I will say before before we go on. Sorry. I do think that I do think that this Dragon Lee challenge over Femi at Vengeance Day is kind of unnecessary. <laughs> it's like, I mean, it's just going to be a repeat. We right. Know we know this. We know that Dragon Lee is not going right. to win. No. So it's like, why are we doing this again? It's just, you know, I don't know. I just, those ideas, you know, it's like when, you know, and the other, when we do the other review, it's just like with, you know, well, that's Naomi now, but Trinity and Jordan Grace, and they did it, they fought again. And we're like, we know what the outcome's going to be. Why are we doing it? You know, it's like, I'm a, I'm a real big no, no guy when it comes to redundancy. I hate redundancy. 
I absolutely hate it. And this is just one of those. I'm just like, is it really necessary? Give him a real challenger. I mean, someone that is there that can really challenge him. Not a, because this just feels, one, it just makes me feel bad for Dragon Lee. You know, honestly. And I, because I like that dude. I, I mean, I totally respect him as a wrestler. I think he's great. And I'm just like, why, why throw salt in the wound? I mean, honestly, because that's what it's going to be. It's going to be a big, anyway. Okay. I'll stop talking about it. Go on, go on to the next thing. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah. I just, no, no, no. <laughs> I don't know. We can talk more about it when we do that's our fine. predictions for Vengeance Day. So that, that's that stay tuned for that separate video, by the way. Yeah. So then backstage, we are seen with Ava Rain and Ridge Holland. Rich Holland wants to fight all three members of Gallus at once. Ava's like, are you crazy, my dude? And then Lexus King shows up with like a housewarming party, like basket with like two pictures of him and what and some merchandise. And Ava's just like, oh, thanks. I'm so excited. Like, <laughs> this was funny. And then she literally, he, she gives the basket to Rich. It's like, Merry Christmas. And then Ridge is like regifting, gives it back to Lexus. Yep. Ultimately, this sets up Ridge versus Lexus King later in the night. I thought this was funny. It was. It was a funny moment. It was. And then we go to earlier today segment where Tatum, where Tatum taught Paxley is still being an absolute stalker, like admiring a photo of Lyra Valkyria, and then begins to start texting her like fifty million times already. And then Lyra comes in, it's like, girl. I got all your 50 million messages. We need to talk about some boundaries here. But more importantly, when I told you that I was focused on Roxanne and she was eating up my time, I did not mean for you to throw her through a table. Yeah. So <laughs> and Tato's like, well, I mean, you said this and I'm going to take care of it. And I'm like, Lyra's like, no. So tonight, while I am out there, we figured this out. We'll talk about this later. But I need you to leave Roxanne alone. And then she proceeds to leave. Well, no, Tatum leaves, and then Lyra's like, okay, this is weird. Looks at the photo, like, on an altered mm-hmm. shrine, like, hey, Arnold status, and she's like, oh, yep. man! Yeah, <laughs> so funny. Love so me some Tatum Tot, <laughs> as we too. have dubbed her here. I love Tatum Tot. I love her so much. She's super fun. <laughs> I mean, speaking of which, we're not done talking about her, nope. because then we get into our next match. This is a quick one. Roxanne Perez versus Tatum Tot. So, Roxanne Perez versus Tatum Paxley. This was... Quick back and forth, two minutes. Roxanne picks up the win. When did this match get? I was was this at last episode when she threw it through the table? Did she challenge her to a fight, or is this just we didn't get own? no challenge? But I figured once Tatum threw her through the table last week, I was like, oh, fight. they're gonna fight That's on fair. the go home show. I just want to make sure I didn't miss something. I was like, because we had the contract signing between Lyra and Roxanne yeah. last week, and when you know <laughs> Tatum put Roxanne through a table, <laughs> I was just like, oh god. Tatum Tot is going vigilante status. <laughs> I I was here for it too. I loved it. I was like, yeah, but Rock, yeah. So Roxanne picks up the victory here. Then she proceeds to beat up Tatum Paxley. Mind you, Lyra was out here for commentary, so she goes into the ring in her like I don't even want to call them like new wave era boots. Like girl yeah, was wearing some thick platforms. She was. She I kind of want them now. <laughs> they were they were actually kind of cool. I actually liked them a lot. I know, I but I like, do. All right, and I think it's, look for them. yeah, I know. It's like, like, where can, Hey girl, where can I buy them boots? Cause they were pretty fly. Um, I love that. She, 
she went in and like defended Tatum Todd. I love that. I love that, you know, because Lyra's just like, you are a weirdo. Get away from me. And then when Roxanne was attacking her, she jumped in there and like helped. And then, the you know, and I like the subtle details. You know, when uh, Lyra She's my and weirdo. Roxanne, Don't beat her up. <laughs> and Lyra and Roxanne are like facing off with each other in the background. She's like, ah. <laughs> like looking at Lyra. I was like, oh my God, she is so weird. Like, and I'm like, no, Tatum's just like, I'm like, Tatum, are you a masochist? Like, what is happening? I love here? her so much. I love, I love this. These crazy little characters are so much fun. It is great. <sighs> so then from here, we head backstage. Ariana Grace is trying to like influence Ren Sinclair, <laughs> which was so funny. And then she invertedly talks smack with Fal- about Fallon Henley. And then Fallon Henley's right behind her. So NXT's trope of talking smack and somebody's right behind you listening to the whole thing. Uh-huh. And this pretty much just sets up. We're getting Ariana versus Fallon later. And she's like, uh, Ren, come with me. And then Ren follows Fallon. We'll talk more about that match. Yeah, that's a fun <laughs> little duo they've got going on there all of a sudden. Oh, for sure. I'm super excited. Yeah, I'm curious to see where this is going. I know. And we get consistency when we get to the yeah. match later because we'll, we'll talk about the women involved here. In another quick match, you know, we were super excited for this. And you know what? I feel... I feel that it kind of served its purpose only because as someone who watches the main roster shows too, Electra Lopez made her SmackDown debut um, this past Friday on the go home show before the Royal Rumble, where she involved herself with Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma when they were facing off against LWO on SmackDown. Um, love Electra's gear. <laughs> mm-hmm. I love Lola's gear. This is a quick match. And you know what? Lola made Electra tap out, which I was like, you know what? I'm okay with that. I I agree. I thought I agree with you on both of those. I agree that I think this match basically did what it was supposed to do. And we got, dare I say closure, but we got the idea that I think what's done is done now. Is what it feels and I feel like that Electra is now officially moving to main roster. For right. SmackDown. Correct. I think that this was her sayonara, you know, match. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, which which is fine, and that's great, and I wish her all the best, of course, because um, I like her a lot. I like both of them actually, but this match did this match did exactly what it was supposed to do, mm-hmm. and yeah, I I just yeah I really. And it didn't, I thought, you know, even though it was short, I thought it was exactly the length it needed to be. Because this needed to be a come in and get an ass whooping and go home. And it's what it was. <laughs> it was like, all right, done. All right, what, what's next? <laughs> you know, it was like, I literally, I was like, all right, girl, you got it. All righty. So Electra is SmackDown bound, hopefully officially. <laughs> And Lola still has Lola still has her contract, mm-hmm. so I'm interested to see when she pulls that out. Okay, so from here we get into part one of the trilogy that was Dijak and Joe oh Gacy. My God, this first scene was, was so so fun. It, I mean, <laughs> and I have to say. I'm glad that they're putting Dijak into humorous situations because 
he's been so like the evil bad guy. He's been very antagonistic. You know? Yeah, he has been. And we have been blurring some lines. <laughs> yeah, we have been. <laughs> his whole feud with Eddie Tharp was blurring a lot of lines. It was. And now and, and you know, and all you out there listening to us, if you listen to us, I am in love with Joe Gacy. I am in absolute love with this character. Oh my god. He has taken this crazy like batshit crazy character and has just made it delightful like i i wait for it now it's like oh every nxt i was like oh we're we gonna have a joe gacy sighting are we gonna have a joe gacy sighting it's like literally and when this when dijack is sitting in his little whatever that is <laughs> that little dark room like centering himself <laughs> And Joe Gacy just comes in there. Oh my god, I was crying laughing just because Joe it Gacy. Was so good. Oh my. And god. I'm looking at as I'm watching this, and I was like, "Who still uses a tape recorder? Like, what is this?" But yeah, so Dijak is watching what he did to Joe Gacy last week on a little monitor. Joe Gacy comes in. They basically exchange some words. Joe Gacy messes with the tape recorder a little bit, and then they start brawling. I was like. Oh, this is gonna be so much fun! But it was so and this was only part funny. one. When he put the the knights the bully stick up on the table, it was just and how he just nonchalantly referred to it. It was just and then when he left, Joe Gacy leaves, and the the my favorite part is when he comes flying back in, and then he and Dijak go into it. I was like, oh my god, this is this is brilliant, <laughs> and I cannot wait to see and. I love, I just love, you know, and the funny thing is, is I wish we had gotten more of this, like not just last week, but like in weeks past, like, I wish we could have seen a really cool, like crazy, like build up to this. And even though I love this, don't get me wrong. I love this and I'm not mad at it at all, but he, Joe Gacy has got me, man. I am, I am a Joe Gacy fan. Totally. I want him to go through and just butts with everybody. I mean, <laughs> truly. I want him to show up in random places. Just random. Or, you know, you're in a backstage sequence and you see him peering out from behind something. I just want to, I want that. I want <laughs> that with him. And yeah, this, this first one was, it was so fun. It was so fun. And it, it was, was. And it was good seeing Dijak in something like this as opposed to what we normally see him in. Right. Which I think is a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. And again, this is only part one. So we're going to talk about part two and part three later. So next we get Rich Holland versus Lexus King. And the internet took the memes with this match, because there's that one point where Lexus went to go pin rich. I was like, sir, are we eating? Like what is happening? It's like, I was like, sir, I was just like, Mm mm-hmm. I was like, uh, giggity. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? So, so oh, go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's, you, we, you messaged me when you were watching this. And as I was watching this, I was like, I don't know how I feel about this match. 
I have a feeling. I don't think it was bad, but I was just like, there. If this match was rough in the sense that I thought someone was about to get hurt. Like, well, you there saw, was a couple of botches. Yeah, well, you saw when he like put him in the headlock and his arm went over his face and Rich kept trying to pull his arm down and he kept popping it up and he's pulling it down. It's like, that wasn't supposed to happen. This wasn't supposed to happen. It was supposed to be this so that Ridge could control it. But when it went across his face, you could see Ridge literally like, dude, this is this is hurting. You know, it's like, this is wrong. You're going to hurt me. And I was just like, this, this match feels unsafe. <laughs> and I also have beef with this match. I don't, how long are they going to are they going to continue this? This poor Ridge has no friends. How long are they going to keep going with this? Because, I mean, well, it was like... Yeah, so, spoiler alert, Lexus picks up the victory over yeah. Ridge due to an assist from the Gallus boys. And so then the Gallus boys continue to beat up on Ridge and nobody comes nobody out comes to out save him. him. No. Even Lexus King, like, runs away. He's like, nah, I'm not about to get beat up by three yeah. burning dudes. And I was like, I mean, though... I mean, I would <laughs> like manhandle me, um, but I, I just, you know, I just, it, it's really, I am very much like, how much longer are you going to play on heartstrings? Cause that's what it's, that's what it is. It's like, you're, it, it, we need to get past this. Somebody, we just need one person. I vote Eddie Thorpe, but we just need one person to come out and back him up. That's it. Hell, I'll I'll take one of the ladies, you know? <laughs> it's like somebody needs to come out and because I'm just like I'm really beginning to feel bad for Ridge. Like like legitimately bad for him. Not not character bad for him. <laughs> just like as a human being feeling bad for him. <laughs> and I'm just like, so I have beef with this match. That and Lexus King did not win that match. He took that match. So, because poor Ridge gets knocked unconscious for a second. And then, yeah, I was like, whatever, Lexus King, go away. And then, and I mean, but I'll say Ridge was holding him, holding his own against Gallus there for a little bit. I mean, he was, he was on it. And I give it to him. And then, you know, of course, Gallus is, they're going to, they're going to do whatever they can to, to get what they want. And they did. And he, and I don't know. I just, I'm kind of getting tired of it. <laughs> well, here's hoping that in the next couple of weeks, like we said, I would love to see because Gallus is a three person group. Rich is going to need to find two people, hopefully to back him up. I'm wondering if, you know, I would love to see Eddie Thorpe be one of them. And if they wanted to have, Somebody from main roster worked down here. I mean, he is getting close to coming back from injury. Sheamus would also be a very good choice. Sheamus Ridge and Eddie Thorpe would be kind of fun. But you know what? We will see what happens. And you know what? I think the story is to make sure. Eventually, I think Ridge is going to end this part of the feud with the Gallus boys where he does have friends and people he can trust in here. I want it to be Eddie Thorpe because I want Eddie Thorpe more on my television screen. <laughs> Indeed. So then we head backstage. So this is the first trick mellow gang segment that we're going to get. And the gaslighting is still here. And Lord have mercy, it's crazy. So Carmelo and Trick 
this is can be easily divided into two halves for this little segment. The first half is them talking about, you know, their match that they just had at LWO against LWO, I should say. And then the second half of this promo, Carmelo is just like, bro, continuing to play mind games with Trick. It's like, Ilya did this, Ilya did that, blah, blah, blah. We got to lock and load and whatnot. And so it was starting to kind of work a little bit, but then I feel, and we'll talk about it when we get to the ending of this, because I don't think it worked 100%, because I feel like Trick snapped out of it towards the end, which we'll get into in the main event. But yeah. Gaslighting Central, Carmelo Hayes is still out here doing his thing. But also, shout out to Carmelo Hayes and Braun Breaker really quickly for making their, you know, being a part of the Royal Rumble this past weekend. It was great to see them. And then Roxanne representing the NXT Women's Division, as well as Tiffy. Tiffany was also in the Rumble this weekend, too. So great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to talk to Will, though, because jordan grace was also in the rumble which was so bizarre to watch yeah i'm sure will saw all the clips already from all over the internet i was just like what is happening yeah and then trinity slash naomi came back we'll talk go check out my (laughs) royal rumble review because i did a pretty good job of covering the royal rumble in 20 minutes by myself it's great all right so before we move on to probably my favorite in ring segment of the whole night will do we have any quick thoughts on trick and mellow no i'm just i'm ready for that whole thing to come to a head oh it's going to this sunday it's gonna be glorious i'm just ready for it to i'm ready for i'm ready for us to move on from it now yes but things i don't want to move on from because this was probably my favorite segment of the whole entire night the first half this was the funeral for chase you and i gotta say this is so camp. It's so oh, hokey. God. Like we had a whole, we had a whole eulogy. Yeah. Like everybody was dressed in all, cha- yeah, like Andre Chase, Duke, funeral. and Riley were all dressed in black. Oh my god! It was so funny. And then we had a video package of all of the history of Chase U from twenty twenty. I was like, dang, Chase U has been around for four whole years. That's crazy, <laughs> or three whole years, I should say. But that's crazy still. And we got the video packages of like Andre Chase cursing people out, which is funny. And then they're about to say goodbye. But then who comes to the rescue? But our girls, JC Jade and Thea Hale. And you know what? Remember how months ago we talked about how we want this character art for JC to end with her growing. She graduated. This is character development. And she even admitted, she's like, you know what? I wasn't sure. If I even was going to like chase you, but you know what? I have grown. I have changed. And because of your friendship, that is with Thea and with the rest of you boys, I guess. <laughs> we came up with the plan and we're going to save the university and introducing the girls of chase you calendar. And my immediate thought is was like WWE, you better put this thing on sale. We're going to buy it. And we're going to review it. If this is a thing. This is going to make monies. And then we get the parade of all the girls that participated. And we get a little preview cover of JC and Thea, like, being tastefully hot in the picture. I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And I'm like, I'm confused, but I'm slightly turned on. I don't know what to feel right now. <laughs> I know, right? I I thought it was brilliant, though. The segment was so good. It was so it camp. Was I was here for it. so great. I loved it, too. I just... I I love I have to say that 
since this has all been going on, I think Ch- the Chase U story arc has been one of my absolute favorites. Absolute favorites. And I love JC coming out, talking about how, you know, I saw you guys, and how y'all were like a family, and I was looking for, I wanted friends, and I found them. And it was, it was so great. And I love, and that's what I was telling you, you know, we, you and I have been this big, a big fan of the JC Thea thing since the beginning. And we were always like, God, I hope this isn't like a, you know, like she's, she's sneaking in to tear him down from the inside. And it wasn't, it hasn't been, and it's been so good. It has been so good. So now I'm waiting for uh, JC and Thea to, to like go for a tag team championship. I am totally waiting for it. Oh, I am so ready for them to take the women's tag titles at some point. Oh my God, that would be so great. <laughs> I'm looking forward to whatever concocted segment we're getting at Vengeance Day between all this. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't wait. This is high camp for me. I am so this is good cheesy storylines and I feel that that's what most wrestling promotions tend to forget it's okay to give us like a hokey cheesy wrestling storyline it doesn't need to be super serious all the time it's supposed to be fun that's why it's called wrestling entertainment (laughs) exactly Exactly. we're going to talk more about chase you down the line because it seems that we're setting up Maybe another feud for Chase U, but you know what? We'll talk about them. Yeah, this will be fun. Yeah. So what I'm going to do now is I'm going to kind of roll the two segments together because they're like the side of the same coin. So the first we get the family, you know, they're talking about their business. They're outside of a warehouse. And basically, this is the first half of this where they're they call out OTM. The OTM doesn't know what they're getting into. And they better be ready for Vengeance Day because they're going to take care of business. And then, then later we get the second half, which is from OTM's perspective. So OTM pretty much in their own way say the same thing that the family has had a good and that they've kind of gotten complacent. So OTM's going to remind him that they're playing their game and Jada Parker is about to wreck house. Honestly, the most exciting thing I am excited for this six man is is that I want to see what Jada Parker is going to do in this match. I think Jada Parker is the one that I'm looking out for in this match for me, only because I like her attitude. I like her style. I think she injected the right amount of charisma that OTM needed. But pretty much both the segments, the both teams basically said the same thing, just in their own different way that the other team needs to be ready and that they're going to come vengeance day. They're going to show up and show out. I think the match itself is going to be fun, but I've not been the, I mean, I can't say I haven't been the best. Like I like the build for this because I liked when Jada Parker took OTM and they trashed the restaurant. That was cool. Yeah. But now it's not like retaliation, revenge, like destroying their house or whatever. Now they're just talking smack. I'm like, oh, okay, so they destroyed the restaurant and that that's it. Oh, okay, I guess that's fine or whatever. I will say I have a little bit more investment in this match, and I think the builds of this has been fun. But this is like, if I were to rank everything from number one to six, I'm going to rank this like at number five, just slightly above Oba Femi and Dragon Lee's build for their match at Vengeance Day. I think again, I think the match is going to be good itself at Vengeance Day, but I don't necessarily I'm not the biggest fan of the build that we've got so far. It's been all right. 
Yeah, I agree. You know, I think she's also, she's gorgeous. She's so pretty. <laughs> I was just like, whenever, I conflicted were... with my feelings because my little bisexual heart is like, yes. Oh, because when <laughs> she was, when they were sitting there, you know, outside, whatever. And, and she was talking. I was like, God, you were so beautiful. And well-spoken. That's the other thing. She's well-spoken. She's super pretty. She's she's intelligent, you know, as opposed to, you know, which I was really kind of worried about because, you know, the the sort of thuggy nature of OTM, I thought that she was going to come in there and be like the the typical, the stereotypical, like black girl or, you know, the sort of girl with the attitude and, and doesn't speak well, proper English, you know, that sort of thing. Because I, I thought they were going to ghetto her up really bad. And I was just like, oh, God, please don't do that. Please go the opposite of that and make her like a super strong, smart woman. And that's what they did. And I'm really I'm really excited about that. And what the funny thing is, is the minute she joined OTM, like their total like street value went up. <laughs> it was like, wow, you guys don't look so gross anymore. You guys are like, okay, all right. So I'm kind of like, this. Is, I think this is exactly what OTM needed. I think, you know, when they first hit the scene, I was not liking them at all. And now I kind of do. And, and I don't know if that's just because of her or her influence, which I hope that's what it is. It's just sort of the influence that she's had over them. So now they're not so like, like literally I can imagine she's like, y'all need to bathe. <laughs> y'all need to bathe and put on some clean clothes. I mean, seriously, like wash your nappy hair. I can see her doing it. And I'm like, that's what they needed. That's exactly what they needed. And now they're like, they, to me, they look like a well put together, even though they are, they, they're very much still who they are, who they are. But now they seem so much more like tailored. You know, they're not so rough anymore. And I like that. So, yeah. You go, girl. <laughs> yeah, so I'm excited for the match of Vengeance Day. Should be good. <sighs> so really quickly, we got to talk about it. We got sad boy Brooks Jackson because Fallon's getting ready for her match against Ariana Grace later. And, you know, Brooks comes in and he's trying to get Fallon to remember the good times, like remember the past. And then before he can ask the deeper question, Ren comes in. And it's like, oh, you, you have your match next. And Fallon's like, hey, I got to go. We'll talk later. And then Fallon leaves with Ren without giving it a second thought. And Brooks is just sad. And he's like, yeah. And then he just like sits there and leaves. What is it with our poor baby Brooks? Brooke Jensen, like. Poor baby. I know. I wonder what they're going to do with him now. I know, because of the three of them, like, and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, like, we were paying attention in the background, and he was just being sad in the background. Yeah, he was just sort of sad in the background. I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, uh, Josh is giving, getting a big push. Yep. You know, he's had, him and Trick Williams had the match last week. Fallon's getting a lot of screen time. Like she yeah, was final she four in that battle royal. Mm -hmm. She had one of the best segments with Tiffany at the ranch. Yeah. 
like we're going to talk about her in a sec with her match against Ariana Grace, which I thought was really stellar, too. It was. But Brooks is just really haven't had any matches. No, nothing. No. He's just been relegated to be in the background. But I'm very interested to see how, what we're building to with this, because this is the first real post breakup segment with Brooks in it, talking to everybody else. So I was like, whenever we're going to get a jealous ex, yeah. <laughs> he's like, you two are successful. I got nothing. I, got so nothing. I can't be happy. Nobody yeah. can. They're like, you abandoned me. <laughs> he goes crazy and he joins with Tatum Todd. That'd be yeah. hilarious. Uh, the, oh my God. Him, crazy, crazy Brooks, Tatum Todd. Oh, Casey, and they Joe Gacy, they fact. Oh my God. Oh my God. I'm kind of here for Insanity. It. I want it to happen now. Uh, it's so good, but yeah, we'll see what happens with Brooks mm. and poor baby Brooks. I fell for him this episode. So we're not done with the backstage stuff. So we get like two and one. So Chase, you are celebrating backstage. They're getting ready, you know, to figure out what the uh, JC's order and bottle service, I guess now, which was crazy. (laughs) And then, uh, and then Lexus King walks in. I'm like, ew, gross. Gross. And literally Fia's like, ew, gross. (laughs) And he's hitting on JC and Fia, which then I'm very surprised. I was expecting Duke to come to Thea's aid. No, Riley comes Riley to does, yeah. Thea's aid and tells Lexus to step off. And then Lexus is like, bro, we're going to fight later. And then leaves. And then Thea gets all crushed. She's just like, I like you a lot. Well, I like you a little. Yeah. I don't know. Lexus and then is just like, nobody likes you. He's like, that's why nobody likes you. And then walks away. I like you. I like you. A lot. Well, okay. I like you a little. I like you a little bit. <laughs> and then... Before we get anywhere, the, the the five of them just hear crashing oh, coming from next door, oh and they God. disperse. <laughs> and then we see Joe Gacy and Dijak part two. They're still fighting, and everyone's like they fight across the camera screen, and then that's oh it. God. And then the camera gets knocked out out of the person's hand. Oh my God, it was so funny. I was like, dang, they're gonna go at it. And then oh it was at this point I was just like, there's no way we don't get something at Vengeance Day between yeah. these two. And we'll talk about that later. But this is funny. <laughs> yeah. So then Fallon Henley versus Ariana Grace. We kind of talked about it a little bit beforehand. This match was awesome. It was. Fallon always is great, but Ariana really did the damn thing for me. I was like, she surprises me every time. She is so good. And then I kind of remember, I'm like, oh yeah, you're Santino's daughter. You know know how to wrestle. (laughs) That's what's so funny. And the comedic chops too, the facial expressions and everything. I'm like, oh, you're totally your dad. Oh yeah. I completely keep forgetting about that. So that's why I'm like, like, I'm always surprised. Santino's daughter. Like you're Santino's daughter. We know how good Santino is from the wrestling and the comedic bits. Uh Uh-huh. But what surprised me, though, is, is the consistency because Lash Legend came out and she helped Ariana. Yeah. And I was just like, because Fallon yeah. and, I, and I loved what we got. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Fallon dumped Lash over uh-huh. in the Battle Royale. And so Lash is, you know, getting back at her. And so oh, I'm so happy to see Lash kind of be involved uh-huh. in a few now. I was I like, agree. I think it's time to start putting her out more. I agree. But because of Lash Legend's assistance, Ariana Grace picks up the victory here against Fallon. I'm excited. This is going to be good. I agree. I, I, I love 
I every time Ariana Grace gets in into the ring, I like her more and more. And and I and I agree with you. I keep forgetting that she's Santino's daughter. And so, duh, she can wrestle. Of course, she can. <laughs> it's like because you know because the character she portrays is so she does it so well that it's like this. It, literally feels like this inexperienced wrestler this girl that's just come to like oh this feels like a hobby to me i'm just gonna go and try it is what it feels like you know so she plays the character so well and then she fights and i'm just like oh wait oh oh that's right duh <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> but she like pulls me into that she pulls me into that character every single time she's on the screen and i love that about her I, and I have, because you and I both did not like her at the beginning. We were like, the the like, I, I don't know what you know? you're talking about. No, yeah, no not at all. No, because no, no. we, like we, we had our first impression of what kind of character she was. Uh-huh. But then she's in within the short span of like a month and a half, she's kind of expanded it beyond what we thought it was going to be, mm-hmm. which I was like, good. This is how you're going to present this character yeah. over and honestly, I'm here for this really weird pageant girl character. Oh, me also too. has the skills to back it up and gets more vicious when things don't go her way, too. Yep. I was like, yes, give me a carry, but less murdery. Yes. She's very much her father's daughter. Yes. <laughs> so good. Yeah, this was a so, good match, though. Yeah, so things get out of order a little bit because I hate that we get an entrance and then we cut backstage and then we come back to entrances. So I'm just going to put this in the order that I felt like. So Dijak and Joe Gacy are fighting outside, and this culminates in Dijak throwing Gacy off the top of whatever they're in into a trash bin down below. I was like, oh, my gosh, we witnessed manslaughter on television again. I love so funny. I loved when Dijak was like choking him out, basically. And Gacy's like, it's too high. It's too high. It's too high. And he's like, I, I know Dijak was like, choking him out. Like, <laughs> he was like, and he just kneed him right off okay. that production van or whatever it was into the dumpster. And I was like, oh my God. This is the best. Oh, I'm so excited to talk about the dumpster spot when we get to oh it. Oh my later. God, I know. But yeah, Dijak, man, Dijak killed him again. Like, what yep. is, I was like, NXT parking lot and outside, man. This yep. is where fights happen, people get jumped. People get like, kidnapped. Yeah. People get near death experiences things. happen. I mean, it's like yeah, <laughs> the crime rate is crazy in the NXT parking lot. It's crazy. <laughs> and then we get the quickest Braun Breaker and Baron Corbin segment of the week. This was <laughs> funny as hell too. And Braun's like, "Wait a minute, what did you say? The Wolf Dogs? I thought you didn't like it. Look, man, this is not the issue here. We got to be ready because Trick and Mello are going to bring it. We need to bring it. But this is funny because Baron Corbin likes the Wolf Dogs." <laughs> I know it's so funny. This, oh my god! The more and more I see these two together, the more and more I absolutely love them. Like absolutely, fucking love them, <laughs> and I hate it. <laughs> I, I do. I hate it because I was such a hater of these two for the longest since I've been here. Really. And it wasn't literally, it literally wasn't until they became a freaking tag team did I go, I love these two. I love these two together. I do not like them individually. Like, I don't think, I don't like them as solo art, like solo fighters. 
Stars. I love them as this ta- this crazy ass tag team. And I want them to win at Vengeance Day. <laughs> and I love me some trick. Don't get me wrong, but I want the Wolf Dogs or War Dogs or whatever they're called. I want them to win. I want, I have never in my life since I've been watching NXT, have I wanted someone to win so bad. Like I want them to win. Like really. And this time in this sequence, it was reversed because Braun put his fist out and then, and then Gorman was like, no man, you ruined it. And he walked away and then he came back. He's like, ah, it's like, oh my God, freaking love you guys. (laughs) We've said it on multiple episodes beforehand, and we talked about this a little bit. I want them to win the tag titles at some point. I do, too. (laughs) It's like, because, you know, I mean, I know they're both heels, but they when they're a tag team, they're they're like. It's comedic heels, which I love. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy in the animated show. Oh, my gosh. You know, I I freaking love them so much. <laughs> I do too. I I love this segment. I can't wait. Uh-huh. So me now either. we're getting into the final stretch of things. So really quickly, because there's for me personally, there's not too much to talk about. We did get an NXT Heritage Cup championship match. Noam Dar won for two to Duh. zero in four rounds. Duh. I love that Mr. Stone's kids were in the audience. That one is like yelling at Vaughn the whole entire time. I was like, yeah. he's my favorite right now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was kind of crazy. I don't know what's happening though because like as soon as like as soon as Noam Dar picks up the victory, then Vaughn goes on a rampage, like enters rage and throws Aura Mensa through the table. Oh, attacks all. I mean, attacks Dar and Mensa both because he picks up like, Mensa and happening? Dar goes to help and he kicks Dar in the face. And then like, just damn. slammed Mensa into the table. And I'm just like, what happened? And then, then they're over there celebrating. Yeah, <laughs> was, Mr. Stone, Vaughn are celebrating with Mr. Like Stone. Like they won kids. the match. Like, That's what was so funny. It's like like they literally were like, we won. It was <laughs> like, the weirdest match segment thing ever. It I was like, really oh, was. But, was you know, the funny, thing, the funny thing about this is I never really understood this match from the very beginning. Like, I didn't. I didn't understand why this match happened. I mean, I know why it happened, but it's like, why did it happen? <laughs> it's like, just because a thing can happen doesn't mean it should happen. And I just felt like this was so, dare I say, staged just for, you know, and it was technically the main event. And I'm just like, why was this the last match of the night? This should not have been the last match of the night. I'm sorry, but it should not have been. At all. <laughs> it's like, right. I'm just like, all right. Well, you know, it was the thing that happened. Yeah. But then it led into something I was really excited about. So Ava Rain is outside with Dijak near the dumpster where Joe Gacy this fell into. my favorite. <laughs> Ava Rain was yelling at Dijak. It's like, are you kidding me? I was like, He's like, Dijak, are you mad? Like, what happened? And Dijak's like, no. I I was like, Gacy's like a cockroach. He doesn't go away. And it's like, I want him at Vengeance Day. And I want there to be no rules. And Ava's like, well, you know what, Dijak? 
I was like, you're nuts. So there's only one way to do this. It's just like, I'm not going to give you this match until Joe Gacy. You think he's 100% after falling into the trash can? And this is where gopher Joe Gacy pops up from the trash can. It's like, went off of him. <laughs> like in trash coming out of his mouth and spits it out. He's like, hey, I'm going to be okay. So this sets up Dijak versus Joe Gacy at Vengeance Day and in a no DQ match. Which I'm so excited for. <laughs> just like, I was like, this is the our inner masochist is going to be and so you know, happy. And the funny thing is, is, I don't even care who wins. No, this is I be- literally <laughs> just want to see this match happen. <laughs> And we're getting it at Vengeance Day. I know. I was just like, I'm so excited. <laughs> this is going to be so good. So speaking of <sighs> Vengeance Day, we get the bumpers. They run down the card of what to expect at Vengeance Day. And we're going to do a separate video on our predictions for this, which then leads into our final thing of the <sighs> e- evening. Ilya and Trick Williams come face to face into the ring and they talk about it. And I was just like, I really like this promo mm-hmm. between both of them. This is good. Because they go back and forth, you know, Trick is kind of spelling out what Carmelo has been saying about Ilya. Ilya is refuting it, but then Trick goes, forgets about that and just talks from his heart. And he's like, look, this is not the same Trick Williams that needed something to prove. Now this is the Trick Williams that has everything to gain. And I'm not going to, and I'm going to give you everything I got, which Ilya's like, good. I want you to give me everything you got because otherwise it's not going to be a good match. And then, as you know, Ilya and them <laughs> shake hands and go for the hug. Ilya gives the death hug, oh like God. he did with Baron Corbin. I love that. I could cut the tension with a knife. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Well, look on Trick's face. He was just like, Trick oh, is a little nervous. God, but what he, just happened? Yeah, which then prompts the Wolf Dogs to come out and attack Ilya and Trick. Carmelo comes in for the save. Trick and Carmelo push the Wolf Dogs out of the ring. And then I love this fight. I'm a big sucker for good cinematography. Uh-huh. This last camera shot was great because in the way background, you have the wolf dogs outside of the ring on the apron, staring at Trick and Carmelo. Carmelo is giving Trick the evil eye as Trick is and Ilya are still staring off as the show goes off the air. And Trick is no Carmelo is not happy with what he's seen. <laughs> nope. No, he is not. And that is how NXT goes off the air this week. So we got a lot to talk about with the predictions. We can do a separate video on that. Stay tuned. That video is going to go up literally on Sunday morning before Vengeance Day. And we'll see if we end up being right. But, Will, last thing we got to do, let's rate this week's NXT episode. Okay. So this was the go-home show before Vengeance Day. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how did we feel about this episode? Well, I don't think this one was as good as last week's episode. I think it was good, but last week's was just stellar. So I'm going to say I'd probably give this one about a 7.5, close to an 8. I mean, like I said, it wasn't a bad one. I, there, I mean, other than like the last match, which I thought was ridiculous and, and random, uh, I really enjoyed it. I really did enjoy it. And the, the Joe Gacy and Dijak stuff really highlighted it. The Chase U stuff really, really highlighted it. I, I mean, there was, and I was telling them before we came on, I thought there was a lot of backstage stuff on this episode, which I was okay with actually, because it was all really good. And the matches were okay. They weren't like stellar matches by any means. Um, 
And so, but the back, I think the backstage stuff made up for it. It was because I enjoyed it. I had a good time. So I would say seven, five, eight, and in sort of that ballpark. No, I agree with you too. I think for the similar reasons as you said, I'm gonna give this a seven and a half. I still enjoyed this episode, but I will say that next last week felt like a stronger episode. Mm-hmm. And honestly, last week felt like it should have been the go home show. Yeah, compared to tonight, which is okay. Because tonight we got some stuff for Vengeance Day, but I feel like we set up for a lot of things to come past Vengeance Day and potentially start building towards Stand and Deliver in April, which I'm so excited for. And I'm pretty sure we're not getting an announcement until the day of Stand and Deliver, because if I'm correct, the next pay-per-view is probably going to be Battleground for NXT, because the last two years it always goes Vengeance Day, it goes Vengeance Day, Stand and Deliver, Battleground. Um, I don't know if Great American Bash is going to be the summer one because we're getting Heat Wave in July in Toronto, which is going to be interesting. And then after the summer one, always usually comes No Mercy and then Deadline. So this is going to be interesting, but... Me and Will aren't going to be going anywhere anytime soon. Like I said, you're going to be seeing another video shortly from us later this week when it with our predictions for Vengeance Day, so stay tuned for that one. But if you enjoyed what we do here, make sure you subscribe, hit the bell notification, and check out other things we have here on the Biconics YouTube channel. Follow us all over the social medias at BC WrestlePod. If you want to be an insider and look behind the curtain, and look at all the men behind the curtain, so to speak, a la Wizard of Oz. Become a Patreon to see exclusive never-before-seen videos like our watch-alongs. Listen, they are chaotic AF. It is crazy. <laughs> it is so good. And then, of course, if you can't commit to watching us on YouTube, you can let our voices carry you through your day because we also have podcast versions of all of our reviews now. So that's also a lot of fun. But for myself and Will... This is going to be the last iteration before the rebrand, but me and Will and our third co-host are going to be back next week, not only to review the NXT after Vengeance Day, but they will also be a part of the Vengeance Day review. Surprise! But from me and Will and the rest of the Biconics boys, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, to all the guys, gals, non-binary pals, he, she's, they's, and gays of the internet, take care of yourself. And until the next review, we'll see you later. But until then, ta-ta for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to another Vibe Tribe production. What's going to happen next time? Well, you're going to have to tune in to find out. But until then, remember, take care of yourself, love one another, and as always, make sure that you keep the good times rolling. Thank you for being here, and we'll see you next time.